call your attention to the book of 2 Corinthians 5, 17. The Bible said, if Welcome to Zion Hill, where we make our world a better place. Come out this evening and join us at our annual Fall Fest from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. The theme is Trunk or Treat. As an alternative to Halloween, this event will be filled with lots of fun, great food, and fellowship for all age groups. This is one of our biggest events of the year, so you don't want to miss it. On Sunday, November 14th, Louisiana College basketball team will be our honored guest at the 10 a.m. worship service. At this time, we would like to acknowledge all of those who are celebrating wedding anniversaries and birthdays for the month of October. Happy anniversary and happy birthday to you all. If this is your first time worshiping with us, we welcome you with the love of Jesus. We truly appreciate you taking the time to worship with us on today. Please be sure you sign in at our greeter station at the end of the service located in our lobby. And as a special thank you, we have a special gift just for you. God, some praise this morning. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're tuning in with us, we say welcome, welcome, welcome. Go ahead and click the like button, the share button, the subscribe button, and make some noise while you're doing that and clap your hands like this. We came to lift our hands in the sanctuary. We came to clap our hands in the sanctuary. We came to give God a praise with our mouth, with a dance. So open up your mouth and say, praise the Lord. Come on. We lift our hands. Everybody knows it. Say, we lift our hands. We lift our hands. And we will. If that's you, say, yes, Lord. Yeah. Come on, say it again. We lift our hands. We lift our hands. We lift our hands. We lift our hands. And we will praise you, oh God. We say yes, Lord. Now, if you don't mind, all over the sanctuary, lift your hands like this. If you're joining us from home, go ahead and move around and lift your hands like this. Oh, we clap our hands. Yeah, we clap our hands. Come on and clap your hands, all ye people. And we will praise you. Somebody say yes. Now clap your hands, everybody, like this. Come on, clap them. Sound good and look good too. Oh, we sing our song. Come on and lift the voice to the Lord this morning. We sing our song. And we weep. Somebody say yes. Lift it loud and call the name. Say Jesus. We give you all the praise. Emmanuel. We Heavenly Father, coming, coming Messiah, and we will praise you for the rest of our 
Because you were the only 
opportunity for fellowship and also for ministry. There's always opportunity to spread the gospel. Uh, you don't have to have a big Bible in your hand. So you're going to find somebody who is just around to have fun and you can share the love of Christ. Sometimes just a handshake, sometimes a smile, and you yourself can invite somebody to come. We have a community that is full of people. So remember our assignment by God is to invite people so that his house may be full. So to put it in 
simple in English. We said you have to recruit and we have to retain and we have to revive. So each of those people that you recruit or that I recruit or that we recruit, they are souls. So God wants every soul to be revived. So please keep that in mind and let's make this evening a true time of fellowship. We're going to start by 5 p.m. and it's going to last till 8 p.m. All minds clear? Also, please continue to pray for the family of uh, Deacon Perkins. I believe on November the 2nd, they're going to be doing a home going for his beloved sister. So just leave the family up and pray for them. Uh, this is going to be in the city of Mani, Louisiana. Let me also mention to those of you who are involved in leadership of this church every first Monday of the month at 6 p.m. Usually we, we get together by Zoom just to update one another as to what's going on in our church. So I will encourage you um, make plans to attend and if you are not a leader, you just want to know what's going on, feel free to join the chorus. We are very transparent as a church, so you're welcome to join us and listen in. We want to thank God for those of you who are visiting with us. We are grateful for what God is doing in the life of this church. And we want to say thank you to all of you ministry leaders from Usher to greeters to sound, media, name it. Some of you are teaching during our, our church school. It's just amazing all the, the progress that God is making in this place. We are grateful, grateful, grateful to everyone that is helping us to roll the boat. Just keep in mind, serving the Lord pays. In fact, if I were you, I would be excited every opportunity I get. So that is why we don't beg people. We want all of us to gain understanding and know that when you serve God, he has promised that no one who have left their father or their mother or their brother or sister to come to choir rehearsal or to go to church school or to mop the floor or cook in the kitchen. He said they will never go without reward. So that's enough for me to, to run for Jesus. So whether it's 2K run, whether it's 5K or 20K, I know Jesus is behind it. I say, sign me up. So we are grateful 
for all that you are doing. And may God remember you and bless you for your effort. We thank you all of you who are visiting with us for the first time. We welcome you in Jesus' name. Those of you who are live streaming with us or hearing this on radio or listening on television, wherever you're hearing this gospel, we say thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing at Zion Hill. All minds clear? Let's invite the choir to sing one more song. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate our choir. We can do better than that. Let's try it again. Amen. Praise the Lord.
Amen. Praise the Lord. That's the kind of song that will make you want to join the choir. I'm still trying to adjust to the contemporary ones, but those old gospel do something to you. Please don't forget, right, later this month we are doing license and ordination for our ministers. So we've told you about this before, but we're just reminding you so that you make plans to come out to support uh, these ministers of the gospel. We appreciate every one of them. Uh, as I'm talking to you now, some of them are behind the scene, answering calls from the public, praying with people, some of them come, came early this morning trying to pray. I mean, they do all kinds of things. They baptize, they teach, they pray. They're all over the place. So we are grateful, grateful, grateful. So please don't forget to come and show your appreciation. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to the book of St. Luke. book of St. Luke, chapter 15, and we want to look at verse number 18. Thank you, choir, for your ministry. We, we are blessed. We appreciate you. Amen. It look like every time we dress casual, they sing my song. Luke chapter 15, verse number 18. The Bible says, I will arise and go to my father. And I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And I have sinned before thee. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we say good morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence in the house. Thank you that you love your people and you care enough to habitate among us. Thank you for the air that we breathe Thank you for the rain. Thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for the mercy of God that is new to us every morning. Lord, we thank you for all the souls that are present here this morning. We pray in the precious name of Jesus Christ that you will meet every need in the house. Not just in the house, there are people in their homes, on their jobs that are watching us this morning. Lord, I pray that you will minister to us. I pray that you will answer our prayer. And I pray, oh God, that your name will be glorified in our worship experience today. Help your servants to preach the gospel 
help your people not just to be hearers, but doers of your word. Lord, we ask for miracles in our lives. In times like these, we need the move of God amidst us. So we say, have your way in our lives, in our community, in our church. We give you all the glory, we give you all the honor, and we give you all the praise. It is in Jesus' name. And the church say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, Stay in the House. Stay in the house. The passage I just read to your hearing is from a parable. I don't want to assume anything this morning. I need to tell you what a parable is. Parables are simply stories that Jesus used to illustrate spiritual truth. He knows a lot than people that he's talking to. So to help them, he comes to their level and use stories to illustrate deep things of God. Jesus used a lot of parables when he was here on earth. So the question must be asked, what is the parable I just read to you, what is that about? Permit me to give you some quick background so that you understand what is going on. There were people called Pharisees and Sadducees, and scribes in the days of Jesus Christ. And these people, they were upset against Jesus Christ. And they start murmuring. Have you ever seen people murmuring? So, in leadership, you learn to ignore people that murmur. Because they will, they will zap your energy and waste your, your time. So you have to stay focused. God has given you a vision. You're driving the bus or the ship or whatever you're traveling on. And you just pursue the assignment that God has given you. Murmurers can be distracting. So they were murmuring against Jesus Christ. Why are they murmuring? Well, because Jesus was eating with sinners. And they felt something right with that. He's supposed to be a preacher. He's supposed to be a rabbi. It's the same thing if you show up at the casino and you see me there, you'll be surprised how many of you will start murmuring. 
It don't matter if I just come there to preach the gospel. You will say, what is Rev doing at the casino? Some of you may, may just see an automobile that looks like mine. You say, guess we are so Rev. <laughs> so this was what's going on with Jesus Christ. They said, that ain't right. He was sitting with tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners, and he's supposed to be a rabbi. They said, no, that don't sound holy. That's what they were murmuring about. So Jesus heard about their murmuring, and Jesus wanted to respond to their murmuring. I used to do that when I was a rookie. I would try to answer every question. But now the older I get, I ain't Jesus. So I just figured out, I'll let you think what you ever think. What is important to me is what God say about me. So Jesus said, let me respond to you all. So he told them three parables. The first one, he told them the parable of a lost sheep. He said, imagine a shepherd who owned 100 sheep. And one of those sheep get lost. He said he would leave the 99 to go find that one sheep. He said, to you, you think I'm at the casino. But there is a lost sheep. <laughs> you see how he's dealing with their the murmuring. He said, he told them another story. He said, imagine a woman. Back in the days, a woman in, in their hairdress, uh, their hairstyle, they would put coins. That's how you know if a woman is married. Here in America, you all use ring. So it's just a different culture. So this woman, by the way, those, those, those coins, those are her dowry. Here in America, <laughs> bless your heart, you, you see a woman, you just want to marry that woman, you just say, let's go. And then she follow you. We're not so far in my neck of the wood. Because somebody infested their money, their time, their resources to raise that young girl. So you're not just going to walk in and say, come on, here's my girlfriend, I'm going. Let's go get married. You're right. So there's something we call dowry. And then, how much you're going to pay? Because I... I I see Brother Matt asking there. How much you're going to pay depends on the value of the wife. That's right, baby. The value of your wife. So if your wife only finished an elementary school education, that's cheap. That's your lucky day. You, you, your, your dowry is not going to be that high. But if you fool around and you marry a 
a space engineer or a NASA astronaut or somebody or some big business tycoon woman. Uh, the parents are waiting for you. So, and that helps to make sure that somebody junkie don't approach you at your level. I'll talk to you more about that one day. So this woman in Jesus' story lost one of those coins of her dowry. Of course, that's precious. To you guys in the West, that's like losing your wedding band. So she was looking everywhere trying to find this lost coin. And she swept the house. She cleaned the whole house. She turned on the light. She worked so hard to find that one. And Jesus said in the story, eventually, by the grace of God, she found that one lost coin. Again, he's trying to explain to them why he's hanging out with prostitutes, why he's hanging out with winos, why he's hanging out with sinners. He wants to open the eyes of the understanding for them to know these people are very important to God. And I'm here to minister to them. Then he told them a third story. And that third story is what I'm going to be preaching about today. He told them the story of a prodigal son. In that last story, there are four main characters. How many of them? We have a father, we have two sons, and then we have what we call a citizen in a faraway country. And the story is very simple. The father who had two sons happens to be rich. He's a blessed person. But one day, the youngest of his sons came to him and said, Dad, I want you to give me the portion of my own inheritance. I know someday you're going to die. So, but now, can you give me my own share of the inheritance after you're dead? Now, the law, I happen to be a lawyer, the law in that jurisdiction is when you die, their own succession laws are different from your succession law in Louisiana. If a person dies, two-thirds of your belonging goes to the oldest son. Then the youngest son will get one-third. So this young man, what he's asking for is that I know the law. I know one thought will come to me. Can I have it now? Ladies and gentlemen, 
you need to ask yourself the question, why is this young man not willing to wait until his daddy died? Ladies and gentlemen, he's asking for his portion now so that he can do what he wants to do. He's asking for his portion now so that he can go wherever he wants to, to go. And do things he likes to do when he wants to do it and how he wants to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, in my sanctified mind, I can see this young man say, I want my own car. I'm tired of riding with daddy. I want my own apartment. I want my own life. Sounds like Americans, isn't it? In his spirit, he said, I'm tired of waiting. I want it now. I believe there's a spirit in a beautiful country that is affecting our culture in a negative way. Nobody seems to want to wait. They want a quick fix. Have a microwave mentality. Nobody wants to go through college. You say, they ask you how long is it going to take? You say, four years. Four years? Oh, no. They want to go on the street, sell dope, make money now. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a serious problem in our society. The father said, okay, if that's what you want, here's your portion. All of a sudden, this young man is looted. Got plenty of money now to play. It's a blessed young man. Money that he didn't work for. But, and isn't it funny how people change when they have some money? That's another sermon by itself. Some people, the moment they get some money, the moment God bless them with some nickels and dimes, there's a change in the tone of their voice. They started acting strange. You want to shake their hand and give you three fingers. So this young man took off. The Bible says he went to a faraway country. The Bible says he was living a riotous life. That's a whole sermon by itself. What is it? That we can call a riotous life. That's somebody who is just having fun. Party over here, party over there, surrounded by a bunch of girls, plenty of alcohol, smoking weeds, all kinds of craziness. So the word riotous is from the word riot. So there's a riot going on in his life. So he ran away from home. 
just to go have fun. And by the way, one of the biggest problems in America today is the problem of runaways. If you need a little assignment, the, the professor in me will tell you when you get home, Google how many runaway teenagers we had in 1960, in 1970, in 1980, in 1990. Now we're in the 20s, and you will see the numbers going high, higher, higher, higher. And you know what is so amazing? It's not just the teens that are running away. Even grown-ups, adults, some people, they run away from their own homes. Some grown-up will run away from their marriage. Some people run away from taking care of their own children. Why do you think the court system is full of people who refuse to pay their child support? They're running away from responsibility. So when you think of runaway, don't just think of little teenagers. The one good thing from spiritual standpoint, the only way Satan can crush you is to remove you from your home and get you away from your covering. So when you run away or when you disappear to a far, a far country, some parents don't even know where their children are. The devil will isolate you and then he will send what the Bible describes as a restless spirit. I'm trying to help somebody today. And by the way, we have that spirit even in the church house. Restless spirit. That's why people will rush to come to church. And then when they get to church, because they are restless, they want to rush back home. <laughs> in the church, they can sit down still. You see them just, just moving. You see their leg moving. It's a spirit. We just start worshiping and say, oh, it's time to go home. Then they get home, oh, it's time to go somewhere. <laughs> They're always in hurry. Folks who are overweight, they want to become thin. Folks who are thin, they want to become fat. Restless spirit. Young people begin to act old. Old folks, you see them wearing shirt. They want to be, <laughs> be like young people. Folks with long hair, they go and cut their hair. Folks with shot here, you see them gluing something to Restless spirit. 
I see it in the body of Christ. Every night I say, Lord, you must be God all by yourself. How you deal with all this? You'll be surprised what is going on. That's the enemy. Those who are dark-skinned, they want to be light-skinned. Those who are light-skinned, they sit down in the sunshine all day to get dark. It's crazy. A restless spirit. People who are married, they want to be singles. Don't look at your neighbor now. Those who are singles, they say, oh, Lord, give me a chance. You need to watch out for a restless spirit. It will cause you to run from home. It will cause you. The Bible gives so many examples. One guy, the devil removed him from home and put him in a cemetery, cutting himself. The moment you read about this young man getting his inheritance and running away from home, red flag. You know something's going to go wrong. The devil will try to make you a runaway. He'll make you run away from your home. He'll make you run away from your marriage. He'll make you run away from your church. He'll make you run away from your calling. I know ministers who are called by God. And when this restless spirit hit them, they can sit down in one church. They're moving from church to church. One thing is clear. The devil know as long as you stay at home, as long as you're staying under your covering, he cannot mess with you. I had to really tell you this, and I hope I don't offend nobody, but, but the Bible is offensive. I'm not it don't bother me anymore. If the shoe fit, you wear. I notice when people get in trouble, even in this ministry, when I do my homework, they are typically people who are not in church. That's the blunt truth. It's when they get in trouble, Pastor, please help. And then I'll be trying to recall. Okay, I see what's the mess. That's why when we sing, I'm going to stay under the blood. It's not just a nice melody. When you are under the anointing, when you are under the covering, it does something about your health. It does something about your children. It does something about your job. It does something about you. This is not a sorority club. This is not a fraternity. This is the house of God. This is a hospital. Your mere presence. If you're a researcher, just begin to pay attention. See where problems are coming up. <laughs> it's amazing. That is why you have to stay on your children's case. I got children, you got children. I don't care if they're in Timbuktu. You have to 
pick the phone. Baby, it's Sunday morning. Where are you? Go to somebody's church. It don't matter where you are. You don't have to come to my church. Go somewhere. You need the anointing. I can go home on that note. The devil knows as long as you're under a covering, he cannot touch you. So he wants to lure you away so that he can whoop your behind. That's why I say stay in the church. Stay in the house. Apostle Paul put it this way, except you abide in the sheep. <laughs> it's a simple principle. You show me people who are just freelancing. I'll show you where the enemy has a free target to hit them. He hits them in various forms. He mess with their health, and mess with their children, and mess with their job, and mess with their with, with their sanity. The Bible says, "Stay in the ark." He told Noah, "This principle is so easy. The Bible is not complicated. As long as you are in the ark, you are protected. But if you fool around, you get out of the ark. You." You can't swim that good. <laughs> There's a flood out there. <laughs> I'm trying to help somebody. So I don't care what comes or go. Stay in the house. Even if you, if you got some tears in your eyes. Stay in the house. Even if you feel like nobody cares for you, stay in the house. Yeah, pastor, people are rolling their eyes. You roll your own eyes, too. Don't let nobody rob you of the miracles of God. Find you a church home somewhere. I don't care if it's Baptist or Methodist or Catholic or Pentecostal. You are made to stay under the blood. You are made to stay in the ark. The flood is coming. In fact, the flood is here. Apostle Paul said, except you abide in the sheep, there's going to be a wreck, a shipwreck. You won't make it. And thank God we have churches every corner so you have no excuse so I don't care if you feel that you're not appreciated stay in the house even if you're wounded I've seen pastors that will come and say I was wounded I say stay in the house one preacher was so harsh he was telling me he said Pastor, will you believe we had a pastor appreciation month and not a single person in the church call me or send me anything or I thank you. I said, guess what? Welcome to the club. <laughs> All of a sudden, he stopped crying. He said, grow up. Who do you work for? God. If they don't remember. Amen. 
as a man to appreciate you, keep moving. Stay in the house. You never, never get offended that you walk out of your covering. Even if you're broke, busted, and disgusted, stay in the house. Even if you're going through hell or half storm, stay in the house. Your blessing is in the house. The Bible says they that wait upon the Lord. They shall renew their strength. They will matter up wings as eagles. They will run and not get weary. They will walk and not faint. Am I staying in the book? The problem with this young man, ladies and gentlemen, he left the house. I can close my book and go home. The problem with many people in the house of God, they're going through all I wish I can let you read my emails and calls and text messages. Pastor, I'm in trouble. I say, okay, let's talk about it. And then I look at the record. Where were you last Sunday? Where were you Sunday before? And some of them will get smart, you know. Ah, I was live streaming. Okay, you know I'm not completely too holy myself. I say, okay, what did I preach about? You say you were live streaming. Ah, 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 ah. I say, you lying? I say, that's why the devil is beating you up. If you don't like this church, there are hundreds of churches. Stay in the house. People sometimes, they get blessed and they want to run and hide. I say, I don't understand it. One sister even tell me, Pastor, I want you to meet my fiancé, but I can't bring him to the church. I said, what am I missing? What, 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 what is going on here? They, they get blessed and they want to hide their blessing. Oh, pastor, I'll cook for you. Oh, my fiancé wants to meet you. Oh, they know you already. I want you to come and pray for us. But come to our house. I say, is there a booger man somewhere in the, in the church that I don't know of? I come to tell you, brothers and sisters, hell cannot curse what God has blessed. If God give you that man, no devil can steal him away from you. And nobody shouting now. That's what truth does. It sets people free. Ladies and gentlemen, when God bless you, you don't have to chase down any rumor. You don't have to chase down any gossip. You don't, even, you don't have to worry about who said this, he said it. You know who you are. Your heart is clear. 
So you don't have to worry about what anybody say or think about you. You don't need to be hiding your blessing. Ladies and gentlemen, when God get ready to bless you, he will make even your enemies to bless you. Are you still here? He'll use people that hate your guts to bless you. God is no respecter of person. This young man, his mistake, mistake number one, is when he's not willing to wait. Mistake number two is when he left the house. It means you expose yourself for enemy attack. And you notice what happened for the sake of time when he got to that faraway country. At some point, the party is over. He ran out. The Bible says he found himself in want. I don't have time to, to break that down, but it simply means you have unfulfilled desires. And it grieves my heart. There are many people in the house of God going through that problem. You're a child of God. Your father is loaded. A thousand cattle on the hill belong to your father. But you find yourself in want. And things like that leads to desperate behaviors. Desperate people do desperate things. Take note. Whenever you find yourself in want, and yet your father in heaven owns everything, the reason why you find yourself in want is because of disobedience. How do I know? I've been there. I know exactly what it is to be in want. God wants to bless his children. He said in one scripture, if you all who are evil, you do good things for your children. How much more a good God? He will freely give. He will give you even the Holy Spirit. But our, our disobedience separates us from God. The Bible said in that story, when he ran out of money, and now party is over, he attached himself to a citizen of a foreign country. That's another sermon by itself. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a lesson there because who you hang with can make you or break you. What the Bible is suggesting to us is that he is a Jewish man. Now he's unequally yoked. Let me break it down to somebody's level. Here you are, you're a church woman. There you're trying to give your life to a person that you know don't go to church. And then you say, I'm in love. No, you're in. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
The Bible says, what, what, what do you find in common between light and darkness? It's impossible. You set yourself up for failure. I have to teach my children about that. They'll bring somebody, okay, daddy, this is my lover. I say, okay, let me check him out. I say, we'll be right back. Let's go for a ride. Man to man. Tell me, where do you go to church? Uh, uh, uh. I say, okay, let, 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 let's, let's, we don't need to travel too far. We can go back home now. <laughs> he never even passed the first chapter. So there's no point going to the, the, the fifth and seventh chapter. Ladies and gentlemen, God has given us wisdom. We need to use that wisdom. The lesson is that who you hang with, many times the people are hanging with the wrong folks. And when you're hanging with the wrong people, you need help. You're, you're hanging around with people who can't even help themselves. You're all in the same boat. So he cannot help you. Many times you, you, you do good by your own self. You broke. He broke. And then we're trying to get together. Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong now. I don't mind being connected to somebody who don't have nothing. I have no problem with that. I've been there my own self. But I do mind running around with somebody who don't want nothing. No vision, no dreams, no plans. Come on now, work with me. That's, a, that's an automobile that is parked. How are you going to be a helpmate to a parked automobile? It's not moving. That's why the old folks says, if you lay down with a dog, you know the rest of the story. I don't know about you. I like to be around people who will encourage me. I like to be around people who will believe in me. People that will look at you and tell you over and over again, you can make it. It don't matter how high the mountain is. It shall be made low. I don't need somebody to discourage me. I've already been discouraged by life. I'm looking for somebody that will push me to my destiny. That will hold me up and say, I believe in you. Somebody will say you're dumb, but you can get up. Somebody will say, you're poor, but you're coming out of this. Baby, I'm with you. Together we can make it happen. 
That's what you need in your life. That's what I need. My message is very simple. If you ain't going to help me, get out of my face. Just, that's right. Get out of the way. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to make sure you find good people, godly people to hang around. One day, this young man, the Bible says he came to himself. In other words, he stopped hanging around people. He stopped talking to people. He talked to himself. Sometimes you have to look at your own self in the mirror and talk to yourself. He said, I ain't talking to nobody anymore. He talked to himself. He said, self, we're better than this. Jews don't fool with pigs. Now he find himself in a, in a, a, a dealing with swine. So he says, self, I know I'm better than this. He said, in my father's house, even slaves are doing better than this. Let me ask you this question. When was the last time that you talked to yourself? I know you've been listening to everybody else talk to you. But when was the last time that you looked yourself in the mirror? And say, it don't matter what's going on on television. It don't matter what anybody say. I'm coming out of this. I want everybody to decree and declare right now and say, I'm getting out of this mud. See, that's where he was. He was in a big mud. His finger all filthy. Working with pigs. I believe it's time for all of us here to have a meeting with your own self. Who am I? Where am I going with my life? What is my purpose? You look yourself in the mirror and tell the truth to your own self. He said to himself, my servant, my father's servants are better. So he said, I will arise. He prepared a speech. He never get to make that speech when he got home. He prepared that speech. He said, Father, I have sinned. I've sinned against God. I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I am sorry. Right there. I can preach because notice he didn't do like many of us. He he was not making excuses for his mistake. There's something about personal responsibility. There are some people, every time you try to point out what they're doing wrong, they will give you a million reasons. This young man did not blame anybody. 
did not make any excuses. He said, I am sorry. I messed up. He said, I repent. That's what David did. David messed up. He repented. Maybe you never messed up. I've messed up. And no shame in my game. But the grace of God. Hallelujah. But it's good when you confess up. The Bible says, he who covereth his sins shall not prosper. But anyone that will fess up, repent, forsake, he said that man, that woman will obtain mercy. That's what this young man is doing. You know what repentance is? It's when you admit you're wrong. It's when you turn. And notice, I got, to, I got to end it for the sake of time. Notice what the father was doing. The father was waiting. The father was looking. This father loved him. He never gave up on him. Let me submit to you, brothers and sisters, your father, my father, our heavenly God, will never, never give up on you. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter where you've been. He loves you. And you know what I love about God? He won't judge you. He will not condemn you. When he saw that man coming, that young man, the first thing he did, he said, the Bible says he ran. Ah, hallelujah. He ran to meet him. He commanded his staff, bring me the best robe. That's another summer. I don't have time to get it get in detail because there's a difference between best robe and a robe. Hallelujah. He said, put ring on his finger. He said, put shoes on his feet. Then he said, bring the best calf we got and kill it and let's have a party. That's something. Then he says something very theological. Pastor Dayton, he said, This my son was dead. See, now, how can somebody be dead when you're talking to him? He just came home. But, ladies and gentlemen, in the kingdom of God, you are dead if you are separated. When you leave your covering, when you stay away from the house, you see, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. You see the ring. In the Middle East African culture, you see, the ring means something. You all just use it in this neck of the wood to show who is married, who is not. And uh, my fellow Americans, you amazes me. 
Even people who are not married, they wear the ring. They li- you lie to each other. And people who are married, the ring don't mean nothing. The marriage is already dead. But they're still wearing the ring. <laughs> they're wearing the ring. So, but in, in my neck of the wood, when you have ring, ring means three things. Number one, it carries a name. Number two is symbolic of authority. And number three, it gives you access. Notice I didn't mention anything about marriage. So the usage is different. When you wear a ring, people know this is a Dara. Or this is a Jackson. Or this is a Perkins. Wherever you go, you carry the name of your family. Many people, if you understand some deep thing of the Bible, you won't be acting a fool in the public. Because you carry the name of your whole family. Oh, there are things I want to do. There are things I almost do. I almost tip over. But when I remember... Whose name? Authority is important. Because when you have authority, the devil cannot mess with you. Because you, Jesus said, behold, I give you power. I give you authority to walk over scorpions. Nothing by enemies hurt you. But if you don't even know you have authority, then that ring symbolizes access. You have access to all of the resources of your father. Do you know how rich your father is? Do you know how blessed your father is? Ladies and gentlemen, This ring means something. God is offering you and I an opportunity to come back home today. If you are here this morning and you've left home, this is an opportunity for you and I to come back to our loving God and say, I wander far away from God. But I'm coming home. I wasted so many precious years. But I'm coming home. I made a serious mistake. I, I, was, I, I was talking to one of my ministers. And he said, Pastor, there's a gentleman. And he gave me his name. I said, yeah. I remember him. He said, he is coming back to church. I said, oh, thank God. I'm happy for him. He said, let me tell you why he's coming back. He said they had a funeral at Zion Hill. 
And there you greeted him. And you called him by his name. And he got convicted. He said, Pastor, remember me. And he said, I'm coming back to church. Some of you are saying, what kind of talk to Destin Harris? Many of you will never believe nothing until you see. <laughs> we have so many Thomas in the house of God. You have to learn to believe. These are real testimonies of real human beings. I was in a Baba chair when Destin Harris was telling me. And everybody heard. You know what I'm trying to tell you? It's time for you to come back home. Don't do it for the preacher. I need to come home just like you need to come home. This is deeper than even a physical church. Some of you used to pray earnestly every day. But now you hardly pray. Some of you, you used to be actively involved in the work of the ministry. Now you hardly participate in anything. It's time to come home. To whom much is given, much is required. Jeremiah thought about quitting. He had a reason to walk off. But when he came to himself, like this prodigal son, he came back home. Jeremiah said, it's like fire! Shut up in my bone. I want to quit, but I can't. When you think of how much God has done for you. Let me say this in conclusion. Let me tell you an African story to summarize everything I'm saying. There was a man. He messed up. Shamed his wife. Shamed his children. Shamed his church. He went to jail. And he was there for years and years. But the time come for him to be released on parole. He wrote a letter to his family. Sent a letter to his wife. He said, this is me. You remember me? He said, I want you to know I'm sorry for everything I've done. He told his children, I'm sorry that I've not been the father that God expects in your life. He said, on so, so, so date, I'm going to be released on parole. He said, I will catch the green bus and I'm going to be passing through our city. He said, I don't know if you still have anything in your heart to forgive me for what I've done. He said, but just in case you still have some feeling of love for me, 
He said, when I pass by the, the city, you know the green bus will pass through our house, put a yellow ribbon. And if I see a yellow ribbon, I will get off the bus. If I don't see any ribbon, no bad feeling. I know I deserve everything I got because I've been a bad dude. There is consequence for my action. No bad feeling. I will keep on riding the bus to as far away city as I can find and start my life all over again. And sure enough, he got on the bus on the day of his release and then he sh- the people who were on the bus, they were asking him, why are you still dressed in your prison clothes? Uh, he told his story. Well, where are you heading? He shared with them. He said, I'm going to pass through my city. If I see a yellow ribbon, I know I'm still welcome. I know people are willing to forgive me, and I'll get off. If I don't, I'll be going with you all as far as I can go. Everybody became interested in his story. Who are on the bus with him? They say, Oh, I'd like to check this out. This is going to be interesting. And sure enough, they got to the city. And the whole city was covered with yellow ribbon. Yellow ribbons on trees, on electric poles. On houses, everywhere you turn, the whole city. Then he, he came out. The people on the bus, they were applauding for him. They said, What a beautiful story. His wife, his children were there to receive him. He cried. They all cried, hugging each other. You say, Brother Pastor, why are you telling us? Story from Africa. Yes, I am a storyteller. But the essence of the story is God said, all of heaven rejoice. When that's right, one, just one soul will come back home. He said, there's a yellow ribbon all over heaven to welcome you home. To say, don't worry about what you've been through. Don't worry about the mistake you made. God is here to forgive you. He's a God of another chance. If you will turn and learn to say, I'm sorry. Everybody stand to your feet. I don't know who I've been preaching to. Maybe you say, Pastor, I just want to know him. Heaven is waiting covered with yellow ribbon to welcome you. Maybe you've been active before and you slide back and you say, here am I, Lord, use me. Some of you, you are phenomenal in teaching. Some of you, you are called to preach the gospel. Some of you, you can sing like an angel. Now, other people are singing to you because your gifting is lying on the floor. 
Some of you, the devil have made you think, oh, it's, it's, it's past my season. Let the young people do it. Some of you are here, you say, Pastor, I've done so much wrong. I don't believe God can receive me again. We all have different stories. But the essence of this message is an invitation from the pulpit to the choir stand, to the pews, for somebody to say, I'm coming back home. While the musician plays softly, the door of the church is open. I want to pray with you. I know what it is personally to come home. I don't preach theories to you all. I cannot take you where I've never been. Oh, it's a good feeling to be able to come home to God. To take your rightful place. So if you're here today, you say, Lord, here am I. Use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. I'm sorry. You gave this gift to me. You gave me the opportunity. I'm coming back home. If you're that man, if you're that woman, come forward right now. Maybe you said, I can do more. I can do more. I can help this city better. I can help the church better. I can help even my own children. I can be a, a light in this world of darkness. Lord, I know you equip me. It's time to come home. Somebody, Lord, is there anybody? Find your way to the altar. I almost quit. I thought about quitting. I got offended along the way. I said, this is it. I'm done. Oh, it's good to come back home. All of heaven will rejoice. There'll be a big party, a big celebration because of you. There are miracles in your womb. There are miracles. Things that God wants to accomplish. Don't take it to the grave. Is there somebody else? Let's sing that song one more time. Lord, make me.
Spirit, I present them to you. You know all about us. You see their heart. You know about their motive. Lord, I pray for a makeover. Touch us right now. I pray for a double portion of your anointing. I know what it is to come home. I know what it is to give up. To say I'm out. I'm done with this. My wife and I came to this city. We promised each other we would not even let nobody know we are preachers. We were hurt. We said no. We're just going to go to, to church and sit down. We won't let nobody know. We can sing. We won't let nobody know. We can minister. We won't let nobody know we can play the piano. And for a whole year, we sat down like cold turkey. But like Jeremiah, it's like fire. Shut up in my bones. Like the prodigal son, I came to God. I said, I am sorry. Forgive me, Lord. I know how much you've done for me. The least I can do is to be faithful in your service. And you see the result 26 years later. My brother, my sister, you've just made the best decision of your life. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will celebrate you. I pray that all of heaven will come to your help. Whatever you're going to need, whether you've been called to start a business, called to work in the ministry, called to make the world a better place, whatever the reason that I slow you down, I pray for a refreshing and anointing to set you apart. Pray that God will grant you the desires of your heart. I cover you with the blood of Jesus. I pray right now that God will build an edge of protection around you, around your family, around your children, around your children's children. If you take care of God's business, He will take care of yours. He shall be well with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord God a clap of. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I want to thank every one of you 
for studying the word of God with me. If you are here today and you want to give on your way out, there are ushers by the door. Please remember to honor God with your giving, with the first fruit of your income. He said he will open the heavens and pour a blessing for you. Those of you at home, you can give through our website. There's opportunity for online giving. Remember, you can never beat God giving. The more you give, the more he gives to you. He gives seed to sowers. Thank you all for being here. God bless you until we meet again. Thank you, choir. We appreciate you, Madam President, and all of you. Wonderful ministry today. I love the singer. Amen. That's my kind of song. God bless you. If you're a new member, you want to be a part.